Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to the Aziz Show. Back at it again with another episode. Today I'm joined here with my friend Ozer Sayyid, who was one of my very first friends that I made in Willowbrook High School. And uh, this has been an amazing journey with him. You know, I've known him for like, uh, I think like six, seven years now. You know, so it's been quite an amazing journey. So uh, I'll let you introduce yourself and, you know, like uh, basically uh, say your first words. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum. So basically what he said, um, I've been, I've known him for six, seven years now. It's been, uh, it's been crazy. It's been a crazy ride. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? The first day I saw him, I was like, hey, who's this lonely kid? <laughs> he looks Stacy. So let's talk to him, right? So, was it like a lunchroom or something? Or was it some class? No, basically, I think I saw you um, at my gym period. So I was like, hey, what's your name? Ali Salman. Because my sister told me about you. Something like that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, you were like, yeah, yeah. And then I introduced you. So basically... So basically, I introduce you to everyone. Alhamdulillah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Right? Because I remember, like, uh, when I first came to Willowbrook, and I sort of described this on in my first episode as well. I had this, like, little social invite thing going on, you know. I make a lot of friends in the start. So um, you were, like, my go-to friend for, like, you know, introducing me to the Desi squad. But then I remember, like, you met her before me, and then you were like, oh, this is, like, you know, Salman is from the same place and all that. And then I, no, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not, not the, the dynamics. Right, right. It's not that Allah used me. Right. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had a already set for you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used me. So that's how we met. So and if you think about Nani, not to get like so deep into like uh, talking about these things, like, you know, just from the start, but like if you think about like how we like, you know, went to like our different journeys, you know, like uh, and that sort of channel was started out like really basic as three people meeting or two people meeting. That expanded to like much different things, much later on, where like, you know, we were able to do spiritual journeys together. We were able to like experience school together, big, big, you know, like um, achievements in life together, you know. So, like, that's interesting, you know, how just a simple channel can lead to, you know, these many ranks. Um, I mean, that's how things grow, right? As a, especially like a tree grows from its seed, right? So, that's how life is. So, before getting in, uh, I'm, uh, there might be times I might speak in Arabic words, so, uh, so if nobody, somebody of uh, our viewers might not know it, so I would encourage you to like ask me to translate if I forget just in case. Right. And I would really appreciate if you don't talk while I'm talking. No, I haven't noticed that. I think that we've been trying to like, improve our other podcasts where like, you know, if someone is talking, I let them come their thought and uh-huh. sort of like, you know, see my thing. Inshallah. You know, unless you get to like, you know, <laughs> 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 Um, but yeah, okay, let's start from the base test, kind of from the start, right? Like, we met during gym period, like, and you know, slowly, uh, got to be friends after that. And uh, I remember, and obviously, I want to address this in, like, you know, uh, in much, much more depth in, like, a later podcast as well. But, you know, I found out, and this, like, was, like, almost, like, you know, my first interaction with an, uh, Indian friend, you know, like, you were, like, almost, like, the first Indian that I met and stuff like that, you know, since coming from Pakistan and everything. Because you know how the anti- um, you know, uh, India or anti-Pakistan thing is back home and everything. So, you know, like, that was interesting. And then I remember I harbored a lot of hate and, uh, you know, just for like, you know, Indian people in general and um, a certain thing, certain cultural um, habits or something like that, that conflicted. And, you know, um, obviously that became uh, much more deeper later on and, you know, we sort of resolved that with time. But um, that was something that, you know, like, would, did we start off with that? I think we were like pretty good friends at the start. 
I, I think you just needed a friend at first. <laughs> so you were just like, I got friends now. Yeah. You're like, okay, now what do I do? Oh, Indian. <laughs> I think we're just, but, you know, uh, like how people are like, you know, we pick on each other about like, but, uh, but I don't blame you for that, right? Because I've seen a lot of people, especially in my family, there's someone, like, for example, my mom, right? It's just something that is fed into you, uh, like, knowingly with, like, you don't know about it, you don't really think about it, but it's, like, slowly fed into you since childhood. Right? I like, like, right, exactly, right? So you're just, like, subconsciously, you're like, oh, Maybe, like, especially people living back in uh, India, Pakistan, they're like, oh, the other side is bad because we have wars. Why didn't we have wars? Because they're bad. And that's what our uh, school education system has taught us. Especially, you know? Exactly. And if they have any perspectives, which try to, like, you know, have, like, love for the other side, they sort of, like, trample that perspective because they don't want to hear about, like, those things, you know? And that's why even, like, if you, like, you know, sort of look into... um uh, Indian politics and stuff, like the Muslim representation there, like in Hyderabad, the, the all India Muslim, the Muslim, uh, uh, Muslim, uh, Muslim group, something like that, right? Asad Ali Nobesi, like he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Even with them, like they have to, at the end of the day, like, you know, say some things against Pakistan because if they don't, then, you know, like they're going to be accused of, like, you know, like being anti Indian or something like that because the idea of being like Indian some t- somehow like becomes synonymous with, like, you know, hating Pakistan. The same thing happens with, like, you know, Pakistan. Like, if you remember, uh, like a bunch of time ago, like there was these videos, there were these videos like that got famous. Oh, I will destroy India and uh, I will be a pilot and stuff like that. Yeah, small yeah, kid. Now, yeah. if you about, look at it, like small kid sort of heartbreak, that intense level of hatred in their heart, you know, like this. It gets you to think about it, like, why do we have such a, you know, intense hatred against each other, you know? And then that's the thing, like, because that leads to like money making, you know, that leads to like, you know, the, the de- amount of defense pending, you know, that's allocated on both sides. And then, you know, obviously, like, that's corruption. That's corruption on both sides. You know? I would say the root, let's be honest, is shaitan, first of all, right? And I think it starts with the social media, just media, not even social media, right? Like the movies we see, like the cartoons we see, it's all against India or Pakistan, right? You know, Pakistani people are like the terrorist ones, especially like Bollywood movies. It's like the Pakistani Muslim guys with the, sometimes a big beard, sometimes a small beard with a little sorma, with 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 right? I don't who even like goes around like that. <laughs> no, I have no, never seen a man with surma in Hyderabad. So it's those movies that, especially they see people like, people in the subcontinent love to watch. Right, we love more watching movies. We subconsciously uh, like programs our mind to think in a specific way. Yeah, there have been movies uh, about like loving Pakistan, Vijay and everything, but Bajrangi Bajrangi but like at the end of made a lot like anymore. Exactly now, no, especially now they're like anti-Muslim movies too. Like especially like the new Akshay Kumar movies. It's like terrorists are definitely the Muslims, right? And then even like the the attacks in Mumbai. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2008 incident. They, they blamed it on Muslims, right? At the end of the day, they didn't have actual proof that were they really Muslims? Were they really from Pakistan? Were they just anti-government? Were they anti-country? Right? So they just wanted some way to blame Islam because they know Islam is like hot. How can I the truth, right? And which could indeed affect their economy. What they're really afraid of is like the growing speed because Islam still continues to be the fastest growing religion in the world, you know? 
And even like, you know, non-Muslims over here, you know, the biggest ignorant people, they're afraid of that, you know, and over there, even like, you know, in other countries, they're afraid of that. And then, you know, they like give us statements like these, like where they're like, you know, oh, uh, we're like, you know, like, let's try to slow the fertility of like Muslim people or something like that. You know, they're oh, really? How, movies, you know? how would they do that? <laughs> and uh, like, there's so many Muslims and stuff like that, you know, but that's the thing, like, they can plot, but Allah is the best of planners, you know. Like, the uh, in the Quran, it says, uh, uh, forgive me uh, if I'm wrong. Right? They plan and Allah plans, and Allah is the best of, best of planners, right? So we do something about it. We try to think about it. We are aware of it. But at the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? He's the one that's running the show. Exactly. Right? We do our part and we leave the rest to Allah. That's a great right? But going back to the, you know, the India-Pakistan thing, and obviously that's like a huge thing, even in the communities over here, you know, slowly gets like faded out when, you know, like people are born here and like they grow up, grow up with each other. And like, even with time, like sort of like those differences settle. Like, you know, people uh, see in each other, like, you know, more than just their nationalism and everything. But obviously, that takes time. And, you know, when a person might be new here, they might have, you know, some of that hate and everything. But at the end of the day, we're still human beings. You know, we're still, like, the same blood. We're coming from the same soil and everything. So, you know, uh, there's that. And so, why not first met there? You know, like, obviously, there was that sort of hatred. And, you know, we used to make a lot of fun, for, uh, you know, about him and, like, you know, I uh, used to like uh, uh, sort of make fun of his habits or something like that, you know, like how you would eat or something like that. And uh, I don't know, we would make like a big joke about it and stuff like that. And obviously, like, you know, I felt really bad after, like, you know, I realized my wrong and I apologized. And I the only way I could like defend myself when he used to like kind of bully me. Yeah, you really. <laughs> but uh, the only way I used to like try to defend myself is like by attacking his acne. Like, <laughs> his face was full of acne. Yeah, yeah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. No, it's a no, right? <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, <laughs> the acne was, uh, was really nice. I, I think it came with a collective effort where, like, you know, like our group, it was like, Ozera was like the only, like, you know, Indian friend that we had. And then, you know, like four or five people were like Pakistanis. Yeah, yeah. We had that one common ground and now, some like that sort of common hatred that we're bringing from our country, you know, like that nationalistic thing that that was programmed into us. Um, you know, we sort of like found common ground in that, and now we're like, okay, let's push this into like one person onto one person. And I remember we had this uh, another friend. Uh, his name was Abdullah Osman. You know, like I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen him in my life. But uh, one day, like we were like, you know, making this kind of joke or whatever, biting and stuff like that. And he got super angry, like, yeah. sort of confronting me about it and stuff like that. And I later on apologized to him, and he apologized to me. But then. Sort of like open up my eyes and then, um, there's like, <laughs> no, what about the time that? No, no, back then I was like very quiet. I would just take it just because I wanted friends. <laughs> so, but, uh, but then, so like after a certain time, uh, and this was like, you know, when I went back to Pakistan and stuff, you know, I had my like, you know, family there stuff. So, uh, and, uh, I came back and then, you know, I remember, like, uh, you thinking, like, oh, like, you know, he just was gone, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I heard he was gone, I was like, Alhamdulillah, <laughs> this man is gone, no more stress, <laughs> no more bullying. But also, uh, like, when I came back, I remember, like, uh, we, I didn't see him for the time I was going to Glenbard East, but once I found out that was, you stayed at UIC, right? Yeah. So yeah. Once I found out I was going to UIC, then we didn't tell me, uh, like, both of the presidential awards, so we went. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Programs for that and stuff. 
Um, but after that, you know, like things like I realized, like you know, my wrongs, and then uh, we started, like you know, becoming, we started to become cool after that. And um, before moving on, when you left, I actually um, like changed in my like the way I spoke to other people. Right, I became more social. I joined a new new group with Nabil and everyone. <laughs> so uh, that that kind of made me open my mind how to talk, how to get back at people. We working out and stuff too. Basically, I was working out so that I build up my confidence and everything. So when he came out, I was like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not scared anymore. But Alhamdulillah, the first meeting we actually talked it out. Yeah, right. We talked it out in the car, and that, that was probably like a very satisfying. Hundred percent. No, like because like what one of the very like you know really common things we've had since then, and obviously it became much sort of like you know. Uh, it had like a higher level of, you know, a common ground between us. That was like our level of communication because whatever it is or whatever, you know, like still obviously whenever we have like a sort of like moment of conflict or, you know, like any sort of contention, it's because of like full open communication, you know, like, okay, you're, you were thinking from it this way. I was thinking from it this way. Here's what was the context behind it. Here's what's the background behind it, everything. We have a really open level of communication since then, you know, on the love we've been amazing. Like since that meeting, I, I don't even remember. We became like best friends and stuff. We're like chilling so in UIC, Abdul and everybody. Going back to the communication part, I think it's like more on the the west side of the world that people try to hide their feelings. Right. Right. They're like, oh, everything goes okay. No, 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 I'm good and everything. That actually leads to depression. I hate that. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't know about like, I'm not really sure about the East, but I know like the, the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Prophet sallallahu alayhi Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. They actually used to openly discuss stuff they didn't like. You were like, this, you said this, I didn't like this. Right. So I think it's I mean, it was still their level of brotherhood, you know, because it was like they were brothers who were fighting, you know, with each other. They, they were like, like, you know, with each other. Friends. And and I think it was like the culture of the Arabs to be very open, right? To with each other that actually like made them stick together for the longest period that's of like, time. That's something called like a tribal loyalty, you know, because when you have right. tribes and stuff, that's there, that, that's there, you know, that, that kind of thing is there and that's something... Uh, you know, from like a sociological perspective, the mess in, uh, you know, the structure of society we have today. Let's say, like, for example, we take Willa Park or Brandywine or, you know, Lombard, wherever we live, right? Now, these are neighborhoods, right? Like, these do not exist as tribes or anything like that. So, we barely know our neighbors, you know? So, like, how are we going to have tribal loyalty? I'm something like tribal loyalty. So, back then, the sociological structure was different, too. You know, there were tribes and everything. And then everybody knew each other. Everybody, like, you know, would eat honey with each other. Everybody would gather food and everything. It was like a communal I wouldn't go that, that way, <laughs> like, hunting and gathering, but, like, business or farming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They knew each other, you know? Right, right. They, so, yeah. And even effort to, like, you know, know their neighbors and everything. And, you know, like, sort of... Uh, I think they, the, one of the best things is, like, when I actually ponder over it, it's like they didn't have technology. Mm-hmm. So they actually... Uh, uh, found human ways to communicate with each other, right? Because, like, when you look at texting and everything, that just loses, like, the human interaction. And you're not, and you're not able to express your feeling with you, what you actually mean. So, a text that you're writing with, like, full of emotions on the other side could just be, like, uh, as dull as K. Right. Yeah, I was literally a lie. I was about to say that because, well, that's your point of repression, right? 
you repress all that stuff now, how is it going to come back? Come on, like texting, you know, because texting leaves out a lot of backstory, a lot of like, you cannot see each other, you know, you cannot like observe each other's body language or anything like that. So just an okay, okay, okay. And like, you know, something being like a deal, like a lot of people that are not like really well aware of communication, you know, they'll like be repressive and passive aggressive, like, okay, okay, okay. No, so I actually, so I, I really encourage myself, first of all, and uh, all of the viewers that are watching or listening, you are like, if you have something important to talk or anything, the best way is to speak in person. Otherwise, talk it out on the phone, right? Because that's a better way of communication than texting, because you leave out most of the fights because of, happen because of texting, right? Most of the relationship, hopefully, I love, because of texting. Right, 100%. Okay. so hasn't there, and uh, you know, I hope we all like get better as a society and like you know, as individuals. On that note, um, but going back to like you know, um, so like you know, we started off in UIC and everything. You know, I remember we both started off as pre med. Did we have like any classes together? Uh, I don't, that. I don't uh, think, like, yeah, because uh, yeah, I didn't see classes hit you down a little like we don't know how to do pre med no more, yeah, <laughs> and then we're like looking for new majors. And I remember after was the first uh, person to change into his like you know, new major, uh, <laughs> like, towards yes, where then ideas happen, and then he put me up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, this, like, dynamic. Yeah. We about, like, you know, my Which was true. Which was true. Which is later on, turned out to have some truth in there. No, they had full truth in there. But Alhamdulillah, and since the start, I had, like, a feeling, like, this man is submissive to this dude named Arthur's will. I'm like, what's happening? Why are you doing this? But Alhamdulillah, I don't think I've ever been, I've ever been submissive to anyone except Allah like that. <laughs> no, no, it's not true. Like, it wasn't no, not, not like, like that, but it wasn't like submissive. But it was obviously like, it was submissive, bro. No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> okay. This, is a, this is an author's podcast in detail, but obviously I had like a huge amount of mutual respect for author because obviously I live in his house and everything. And, you know, uh, we held, had, had like so much common ground, like to this day, like, you know, we, or how to bond where we like, you know, curse at each other or anything like that, you know? There is casualness, of course, but there's like still respect, you know? And even after like, you know, uh, that whole thing that, you know, like what you thought, right? Like, uh, I, I'm submissive to him or something like that. Like, even after we communicated all like, you know, like, why don't we like top open or anything like that? Even after that, still like, you know, we don't, like our conversations never go to a point where we like curse at each other or anything like that, but I'll leave out the detail of it. No, no, when I say submissive, I don't really mean like you do everything he says. It's just like whenever the, 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 the you know, the, or like the wheels clashed, you just gave up your will. You know what I mean? Like your idea, keep it like it's against what I thought of dad is saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm gonna stop and let him do what he says. I'm gonna start in the podcast and I will have it out Inshallah. But you know, obviously, um, we have that dynamic, and it was really entertaining. You know, like when we first started on the UAC, because I was living like by myself at that time. I had roommates and stuff, you know. And uh, that was a while back because you know, you have those come over. We would like eat a lot together. We were like just chilling, and you know, like. Um, you know, uh, before we get into that, can you, uh, like, what was your uh, intention to come to America, especially coming by yourself, right? That takes a lot of determination. That takes a lot of, yeah, determination. I don't want to say something bad. So, uh, like, what was your intention? Why were you doing it? What, what was, like, behind your head? Like, what, what actually made you stay to go through all that problem? I know you weren't really working and everything. Because Allah made, made ways for you, right? Allah. 
100%. So what was your yeah, biggest thing was like, you know, I want to like uh, serve people. I wanted to like, you know, go into medicine so I could serve people and everything. And then uh, when I made the decision, like, you know, when I was still in Pakistan and uh, I was like, you know, back there with my family. Now I was, I made the decision, okay, like, you know, okay, so what if I'm 16 years old, you know, I can still exist out there as a minor, you know, I, I'll have my rights, you know, of course, like if I enroll in like a high school or something like that, they'll have to report me to DCFS. I'll have those like legal problems, I could potentially have those, but like, I'll be able to survive out there somehow because I had this like strong purpose of serving people and like, you know, going through the Ivy League route of like, you know, medicine and everything through it. Now, obviously that was like, I applied there and everything, had like, some interviews, but like, you know, wasn't able to get in. Um, you know, I didn't have the sort of um, luxury of like, you know, constantly studying for the SAT score. Like I like when I came, the next month I had to give the SAT just to like, just so I could like, you know, go into college the following, you know, semester or whatever. Um, but uh, I think it was just like, I understood in my mind that it was just me. Like I had to make the decision. And once I made the decision, I had to stand by it and all the power that was going to come was from Allah, you know? So like, that was it. Like, I was like, I'm not alone. Like, as long as I have a love with me and like, you know, his, the faith in him is what like, you know, kept me going and what kept me strong through that entire, you know, journey. Because like, I was like, okay, so what? I don't have my parents with me here or anything like that. But it was Allah and like, you know, like I, I would pray in those times and stuff too. I would like, uh, it was just that strong faith. And once you have that, once you have that unconditionally, you know, like you can get to anything. And so like, even though I had like really hard time, like, I used to do my groceries from dollar care and like that, you know, uh, it was like, obviously a lot of problems, but you know, we lived through that, you know, yeah. like uh, thanks to God. And, and Brian, that's, that's what I'm saying. God. Alhamdulillah. Uh, Alhamdulillah, right? He, and like, I love the determination you had, right? The, the, the point of tawakul. I don't know how to translate that. It's like reliance on Allah, right? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all that kind of reliance on him so that we could be successful in this world and the hereafter, right? So, yeah, moving on. When you say that, uh, the, the house, and then did you, like, enjoy, like, us visiting there constantly? Or how? The thing is, because, like, uh, I let you get into it, right? Uh, I keeps, like, focusing on the bad, like, I think, like, I need to, like, move here. Okay. So, uh, what happened, right? So, I had, like, these roommates that I found, um, uh, uh, on online, I think it was online. Facebook group, like the UIC MSA group, I think, yeah, like Zane and like all my Yemeni roommates and everybody. And I remember like they were wedding me, sort of like you know, before coming into the house, you know, like okay, let's check his background, let's check his everything. And I had made this post, right? Um, like when I graduated high school, I'm like, okay, I went to all this, and you know, I came from Pakistan, like you know, it was like all legend, but uh, like. People were going to move into the house with me. Like, you know, I think it was some of their other friends or whatever. That, like, they were helping me uh, to be wedded for the uh, coming to the house. And uh, they saw my post and they're like, oh, this dude is just coming from Pakistan. So they just assume, like, you know, I'm like, like, I'm coming like right now, right now. And like, you know, like they had this whole idea in their head that I'm going to be like a fob. And like, you know, I'm not going to be gangster at all. And like, I'm not going to be chill with a lot of the things and stuff like that, you know. Or whatever, whatever. Like, I don't know what, like, exactly it was. But, like, I remember, like, you know, my, like, the main roommate that I would interact with, um, you know, like, he told me, like, you know, like, yo, there was, like, you know, I mean, uh, he didn't say, like, you know, there was these things. But obviously, he made it clear with me that, you know, you have to, like, be chill with everybody. And because, like, obviously, people are going to be doing, like, you know, X, Y, Z things. And obviously, in a shared environment where you're living with five other people, you have to respect each other's beliefs. And, uh, I mean, everybody's Muslim, but everybody's, you know, like, what, whatever workings they have, whatever they're Stuff, you know? Basically, like, you have no right over them. 
ஒரு So like you have to like kind of know the culture a little bit you know like because obviously there's a culture of like more independence here and obviously could be right or wrong uh, in depending on what we're discussing but anyway so that was happening right so like uh, I enjoyed my time with Miss and stuff you know like it was a new experience everything and uh, I still love them and you had this whole thing remember like uh on exposing a lot yeah, yeah. So like uh when i would like you know like uh when they would like when i would hear their footsteps or like when they would come in the room or something like that and they would just speak from urdu to english you know and there's like a whole like bad story behind it right so uh when me and athar were working in safari land right um and you worked there too like we can discuss that about it, but i mean that's not a big like it didn't have like any stories behind it ஒரு <laughs> So I'm like okay I'm not going to do that or like I don't know like that was one of the reasons that I understood that okay if people might not be able to understand the language like you know I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable or like you know because sometimes people switch languages just to like you know talk bad about someone you know like they use that to like no I can uh, I understand that perspective right um which makes sense and then the timing was hilarious you know? yeah yeah <laughs> the timing was like you hear you hear the first time like English is like so yeah what was i saying <laughs> i was like bro we were just talking to know what happened but uh, i actually understand the perspective which i which i respect now right uh but it was funny so like when you guys would visit obviously like uh i was living with them for like a semester and then covid hits right so like they went back they were like you know coming from like they were come uh, coming from the like, rockford and like maybe like different seats too or i don't know but when uh covid hit they went back to like you know their Can I can you like go back to the language part real quick so I was like one of the things that actually like has been hitting me since the start is that like the 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 less uh, focus we put on conversation of our own language right of our mother tongue more or less right the the preservation of our mother tongue to the new generation especially right so many people that come here they the, like the parents speak english but their kids are like oh yeah i understand a little bit right so that ca- kind of bothered me because like preservation of language is very important for the preservation of your culture right you can because our culture may have good things and bad things right a good thing could be preservation of language because a person's a humans like his character depends on the language he speaks right 100% it actually is that way right wow all right so like not generalizing here not definitely not generalizing but you see like people that are that speak uh, usually speak the eastern side of the language for example urdu or bangla or arabic right they they have a sense of love for their family right especially people who speak english especially in europe 
or Canada or uh, America, right? Born and raised, like whatever it is, right? They don't have a just one example. They don't have a sense of love for their family like the people that do on the east side of the world. Uh, so I think there's two points here, right? Um, I think preservation of language is important, right? Like you know, you uh, have your kids grow up with like you know different languages, like they pick up on your um, the language from your country where you immigrated from, and everything. That's really essential in order to like you know. Uh, save like you know some form of culture and preserve that but then on the other hand there's the universal universality of like language as well universality of communication so like especially in the u.s you know obviously you have to be well versed with the english language and everything and if you're trying to like apply your knowledge and if you're trying to spread knowledge and everything at the end of the day you have to use english you know obviously because like you have to keep it universal you have to keep your message universal now if you're talking to like a somali person or if you're talking to like you know someone from iraq or something like that um, you might not know Arabic, you know, like we might, well, obviously we're like native Urdu speakers, we might not know other languages, so obviously we keep that universal English language for our message to be relevant to everybody, you know, and relative to everybody. Let me, um, uh, like, what I was trying to say is like, I'm not defying English, right? That's very important, it's a universal language of this, that, that's very important, but it's, it's it's uh, it's I will, I'm just saying it's important that people know their mother language and their universal language because they have to work in their country they have to do the stuff in their country so you be proficient both in Urdu or Arabic blah 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 and English definitely right that's why I said like even though there's this but like there is also like you know like the other point that you have to like take care of and then obviously the, for the love aspect I think um even like the Europeans and like you know people who just like grow up speaking English, they still have love for each other. I think like since we view their society or view their um, you know, we're not immersed in their society fully, you know, like we might we're not European ourselves. So we I don't think we can comment on like, you know, what love is really defined for them because they could be showing love in different ways, you know. Like they have their occasions like Thanksgiving or, you know, Christmas or like, you know, um Easter. Like when they gather and then it's like a like a showing up love through gifts and whatnot you know and then it's like it happens all at once versus like for us it's like happens continuously and everything you know i think they show love in their own ways and obviously uh, our only just language affects that there's a lot of factors at play you know like our societies and how we live together as families the family structures that obviously like varies no i try to connect the the concept of culture with language that's what I was trying to say. Right, right, right. Uh, I think there's like different factors at play that affect, you know, like language as well, you know. Um, obviously, like, you know, that those factors might move from culture itself, you know. Like, for example, like, uh, like in our culture, like how we stay, like, and obviously this is, might not be like, you know, connected to religion just because obviously, uh, like just speaking from a cultural perspective, even in like, you know, Hindu culture and like, you know, just like South Asian culture, there is that thing that, you know, like uh, kids usually stay with the parents and everything, you know. So, uh, coming from that point, you know, like it, a family's living together, you know, from the start to the finish, there is that constant expression and, you know, exchange of love. And obviously that doesn't happen in all these households, you know, but in some ways it is present and obviously it can go into like depths and we can explore other factors. But uh, going back to like, you know, so like I love how we have this structure where we are, uh, we have this like, you know, um, experience explanation of our journeys and like how we met each other and how we went into our different journeys all through high school and like the trajectory of our life but then we'll like sort of segue into like you know topics and sort of expand to different depths about things i think this is a good structure you know because like 
it provides context and provides explanation for some of our decisions or some of the ways we think and everything. And also that's definitely interesting. Um, but okay, so going back to the trajectory, um, you know, uh, UIC happens and like, you know, we're, uh, like seeing each other a lot, you know, like we're, uh, basically, um, having speedboards and everything. We're going around the city, you know, we explore the city a lot. Like we used to be biking a lot, you know, I found like a passion for biking as well. You would be bringing your bike from home to, you know, on that bike rack, I remember. And then, um, you'd be going all around Chicago and everything. And then we had trips to, to Wisconsin. Where else did we go? Did we go somewhere? Other than Wisconsin, maybe uh, Cairo. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was so bad. That was so bad. I had it. <laughs> <laughs> we were planning that. Yeah, I'm not trying to plan that. We were planning that. We had a lot of rewards. We started like, uh, I remember like, uh, we had this whole photography thing in the band of places and we oh, yeah. and everything. And then we have the gym story too, man. Wow. Yo. <laughs> you know, that's like my best story ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell that to people and they're like, whoa, really? Okay, I'm like, like, yeah, really? Let's talk that, right? I'm not gonna like, before we get into the gym story, every time I went to an abandoned place, I'm like, what am I doing? I should, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the weird feeling of like something is, Behind me, like I don't, I don't know if you notice ever me ever like trying to like I'm carrying a knife the whole time, and I randomly turn around like what's going on? That's a paranormal present there. I think for us, like all three of us, me, Alper, and Ahmed, like the the most important distraction was like I we knew these were creepy places, but we were like just so focused on like actually recording them and like taking pictures of them. That's what were what the distraction for us was, you know, and that was a little. On the other hand, I was just like there for fun. I'm just walking around. I wasn't really taking any pictures. I'm, I'm just like looking at artifacts, which are not really artifacts. And uh, I was, every time I was freaking out, but it was really nice to see how like, sometimes I used to imagine people like, there were uh, people here actually. And then this place is at, at one point of time and they're not here. And then there's going to be some some place in the world, like maybe our houses, right? It could be desert during like 20 years, right? That's also possible, right? Or, 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 there could be people that were standing on the place I was standing and they're on in the grace, right? And when you realize that it makes, it actually like uh, motivates you work for the grave, right? Because at the end of the day, we all have to go in there. Uh, but going back to the abandoned places, that was creepy, man. That yeah, was very creepy. I think the most important uh, appeal for us, uh, you know, as like photographers or what, and whatnot, like was just like how nature takes over everything. And like, you know, we would see these abandoned places where um, these, uh, you know, ferns and like all these plants were overgrown all over the abandoned places. And like people would come there, like, you know, add their artistic expression, like do graffiti and everything there. So it makes a lot of like cool backgrounds and everything. Or like Satanism and stuff. People like, obviously people are, uh, that, it was like unlimited freedom expressions. So obviously people were expressing people. Yeah. You know, so, it was really creepy that one church we found like a book with like Hindu stuff. You know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Because Hindu, Hinduism has root, deep roots to idol worship. Right? They're like, Pagan, yeah, idol worship is pagan, paganism, right? So they have deep roots, and even like when I was reading the, I was reading the book on the Sirah of Rasulullah, is like, right? So which I recommend every one of you, everyone watching, reading, uh, Prophet of Mercy, right? It's translated into English, beautiful book, beautiful book, because uh, to love Rasulullah, which is a part of our faith. We need to know about him, right? How can you love someone without knowing about him? 
right? Exactly. What he went through for us, what he went through for the sake of Allah, what he went through for the sake of Islam, for this thing that God was doing. But going back, the, the Makkans during those times, they were pagans. They actually were worshipped similar statues that Hindus worship today. Right? Because I was searching up like the, 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 uh, the statue names which they considered God, which is very retarded when we think about it. But uh, people actually do that. Um, so uh, they were so similar to like the, 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 the God's Hindu worship because I have lived out of Hindu. I've seen them do it, right? So that was very, that was very creepy for me. Especially like he, like these guys actually held on to that worship. Throughout the ways and seeing that in that abandoned place, like more babies, like, like how did this get here? <laughs> right, right. I definitely remember that, but there were like so many things that we found in those abandoned places because uh, obviously, um, you know, a lot of times people we don't know it. People maybe they came there for black magic and like did their rituals too, you know, because sometimes a lot of jinns inhabit you know abandoned places too, and whoever's trying to do like black magic with jinns. But find like those type of places. For our viewers that are not really uh, versed in this topic, can you explain what jinns are? So jinns are basically, you know, and uh, uh, would you like me to do it? Yeah, go I think No, no, I, I think you should like try and then I'll add on. Yeah. So I think jinns are like you know creatures made of smokeless fire. You know, that's the most basic definition of it. And uh, you know they could be sort of a synonymous with like you know uh, demons in uh, Christian mythology or like you know. Uh, and it, like they're just like they're creatures from a different um you know dimension. You know they exist within a di- different dimension. They have their own societies and own worlds and everything. And uh, if they're like say, I mean, I heard this thing, but I'm not sure if it's true that uh, if you drop like a like a needle or something, like it, it, it could kill one, or kill one, or like you could hit a gin or something like that. Because right now, like, within this room, like say. Within this room, we exist in the physical dimension, right? There's another dimension which might not be physical, but it could be like, you know, like, um, uh, uh, when, when, you, when, you, when you try to say dimension, it's not like the, the dimension of physics and fervor and it's like, it's a dimension that we cannot see or perceive, right? But they live with, with us in just in the same world, in the same world, they can see us. The way I'm just trying to describe this, like, if you think about like, um, three dimensional, like, basically, like, I wouldn't say there's I I, I would say there's not a, enough research in anything. Yeah, no, we're, we, there's nothing conclusive we can see right, right. But let's say for example, we just like in a three-dimensional um, model, right? And then within this dimension right now we can see and perceive all these things as our physical world, right? But uh, what if we just, just remove everything, you know, remove these walls, remove, you know, like everything you can perceive and all that, remove us. And then maybe there's another dimension of jinns that are just like we just think of his room right now, you know. And it is no, like I feel like they, they actually like know they can see us, they can see our room. Right, but I think there's like this big barrier that exists, right? Like where they're going and uh, their society's functions and their individual functions within their dimension, and we're just like you know the way. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Like, can they see us and they can see? Yeah, yeah. So they can see us. They can see us. They can. They can harm us. They can literally tear us apart if it wasn't for the angels protecting it, right? Okay. So, like, from that point, like, is there a different uh, dimension? Now, I mean, angels do not exist on Earth, right? Or do they? No, they do. They do. So, like, like uh, the masajid, the masajid, the houses of Allah is full of angels. So, angels and jinns can see each other, or is there? I don't know about the deaths about it, but I, I, as far as I know, that 
they have the power, they have the strength to rip us apart, right? That's why you see some people that go into like abandoned Egypt pyramids, they you're, they're never found. Right? They get into stuff that they're not supposed to, and then they get they pick they pick it over. Jesus obviously have those things where they can see us. But I think right? Like we're the best of the creation and everything, and obviously we have like our own societies and everything. And uh, our own powers, but I think like jinns may not like try to like harm us un- until and unless like we do something to invoke, you know, like okay, we're trying to like you know do like rituals or something like you know to mess with them or like you know I don't know. Like, adding, I think adding more on to what you said about jinns, like like a basic definition, they're basically another uh, how do I translate um, like like creation, right? They're a creation of Allah, of God, right? And they're obedient ones and they're disobedient ones, right? And then the obedient ones are like the nice ones that stay in the masajid, they're chilling with their families and everything, right? And then they're disobedient ones that are actually translated into demons and devils, right? So, and they are the ones that are actually under the big the big demon, the big uh, devil, shaitan. What do they call it in English? Devil, Satan, devil version, Satanism. Yeah, Satan, Satan, yeah. Right? They, they're below and they're following his orders, which and his, his aim is to like deceive us, right? Make us do <coughs> things that are, that are commanded by God and deceive us to like uh, displease God so we can end up like him. Oh, right? I understand. But like, the thing is, like, if you see like expressions of Satanism today, it's not even just like, you know, um, limit to just deception, bro. These people have like gone like beyond any boundaries and any limits, you know, because they explored, you know, like uh, uh, topics of black magic and like whatnot and like all kinds of evil stuff and like so much depth. Like, you see, I don't know if you heard about the scandal with Balenciaga and everything. Like, you know, they had like, you know, all kinds of like satanic um, ritual artifacts, like president that photo shoot and stuff. And like, they were trying, they were just experimenting something. Like, okay, like, what if we express this in open media, you know, and like everything, and then we do a photo show with this, like, will the world accept this or whatnot? And we'll just let it, hey. we'll just speak up. And then the world spoke out and like, but it's still there. If they, if they, uh, if they ask me, I believe it. I believe there's a devil. I believe that you did something stupid. So I encourage them to stop doing it. No, 100%. Like, when they sort of experimented with that, because they want the world to like see, you know, like, can't will the world accept like you know whatever their beliefs are and whatever they're trying to portray because it was really messed up stuff you read about it mm. it's messed up stuff when they were trying to portray but send it after this yeah for sure yeah but one thing I want to add going down back to Satan right at least Satan Shaitan whatever we call him right uh, that most of the people especially in the west um and uh, they just like especially the cartoons and everything we think he's like a he's like a rival or like opponent opponent of god allah which is not true right he's a creation of allah he's a creation of god he is he is under god but god gave him free way till the day of judgment right so he doesn't like there is no takrar between allah and shaitan Right? He, God is just seeing. So, like, this concept, even like, oh, the good side and the bad side. Good side is God, bad side is uh, Satan. Yes, that exists, but that doesn't mean, like, they're equal in power. No, 100%. I definitely get that. I think, like, um, you know, he's using the same comparative structure that you just mentioned, like, you know, good and the bad, right? I think oh, when you're using, uh, and obviously, like, you know, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, like that just offering like you know you know i'm no pity about it like when you're saying um people in the west right i think people in the west 
Like, I think at the end of the day, we are the West, you know? Like, now, going forward, we are the West. Like, we, as the Muslims, we have an identity in the West. We, as, you know, South Asians have an identity in the West, you know? So people that can distinguish between these things, I think they still, you know, exist, you know, like, in bodies and forms different from us. Like, you know, even, like, you know, people, like, communities and white people, communities and black people, you know? A lot of people, like, you know, different from us, they still have differentiation for how Satan works and how, you know, how, like, um, you know, how different things are. Even, like, you know, maybe out there, back in, like, in Pakistan and stuff like that, there's villages and stuff, you know, where there's so much illiteracy, they don't even know about this kind of stuff, you know? So, like, I think uh, making a comparison, a lot of hard, a lot of people do it, like, making a comparison behind, a bit be, like, East and West, it's not as relevant anymore because it's the age of the internet, you know? It's all bolded together, it's all crumbled together. When, when I say people of the West, West, I actually mean, like, I include myself, too, oh. right? And then I actually, uh, uh, like, I try to uh, talk about people that are actually, especially, like, watch the cartoons on media here, right? Especially the cartoons that show, like, God on the right side, like, devil on the left side, showing the people, oh, right? Yeah, I've, seen the I've seen those, right? They, yeah, they're, they're cartoons like this, like, that show that God, God is a, a old man on the sky with a big beard. Yeah. Right, so I'm saying, like, representation is not fair to like exactly. It's, that's sort of view, you know. Yeah, exactly, that's, that's what, what I want to take out like a humanistic version of God, you know, because they, that's what they try to do for like you know Jesus be about one, these be one M or like God too. Like they try to make characters or like you know he, this is what he would have looked like or anything like that, you know. Because you are trying to put a human form, you know, to a, towards God, you know, obviously, you know, the definition of God that says he's uncontainable, right? He's so powerful that he cannot be contained. If he's contained and he's not God, what kind of God is that? And if he's like limited to human human body, what kind of God is that? Yeah. Right. So well, that that's what I was trying to uh, like. Uh, that's what like address like human self awareness. You know. Yeah. If you just gonna be contained within yourself, you're gonna like perceive everything within what you understand it as. You know, like okay, I'm a human being. This person is a human being. I have my own beliefs, but I'm gonna be just like contained to my beliefs. I don't care about the other person's beliefs. You know, I'm gonna. Let's so, like that sort of mindset. It's sort of like, you know, try to give everything a humanistic version. And also, like, even God and even, like, you know, different papas and stuff like that. They sort of, like, um, give that. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> you know, uh, going back to the trajectory um, uh, back in U.S. and everything, right? And then uh, we had this um, whole, like, uh, I don't really know how to, like, sort of go about it. But I remember um, we got really close and then, you know, um, days, days, days of ignorance. <laughs> you can sort of permit it that. Now, obviously, like, you know, uh, we sort of would uh, connect on many things, but maybe in other ways, you know, we went our different ways. Maybe I went in extreme cer- certain ways. Maybe you went in extreme in certain ways, you know, certain things about how we take life, like, you know, maybe like our certain egos or whatever. But I mean, obviously, that, that was really good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the term extreme because like extreme for one, one person is like not that's what, right. you know, that's what I'm saying like something was extreme for you or something was extreme for me you know like now that I assess it now that I assess like my uh, you know decisions back then stuff like that I think like what I did was you know some of the extreme things and if I had more knowledge and awareness about those things I wouldn't have you know like committed those sins or like you know gone those extremes or anything like that but um, you know apart from that like I think um, uh, we sort of do like sort of, sort of connect to like, a lot of like spiritual things you know like I think this was, this was the latter end of like 2020 you know like yeah. before I, because I moved back in January 2021 to um, the suburbs again but we started to connect a lot of spiritual things we would talk about it and have open conversations it was always a beautiful thing because 
you would hear from the perspective that we're saying, and you would add up things that would, you know, help me like add on to it more. And then you would have these like unlimited conversations where we're just talking, talking, and just, you know, and it was just such a beautiful state of knowledge just because you would add something, add on to my knowledge, then I have another thing that, you know, I think about it, and then, you know, you say something about it, then I say something about it. One thing I would say is like you are one of the reasons that uh, I am who I am today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a big statement. But you are you. I'm not lying. There is one st- statement of our friend Abdul Hasib, which I actually see in my life, which I think about every day. I can mention it later if you're interested. If uh, yeah. So, uh, but you are one of the reasons I am who I am today, right? But you can even that, bro. I think bad thing. Yeah, as you said, we exist as channels. You know, like there, there is nothing that I did by myself or anything like that. Allah just put that thing in me that at that time. You know, I had to be of benefit. I had to like, you know, and this is a channel for you know your benefit. And then you know, I don't know. I'm coming to the main or the only for me. That's all I'm trying to say. This type of mindset is really important. You know, like understanding that we are just channel here and there. You know, we're not any like. Well, I don't do a big favor to you by like you know like helping you out in this. We're just channels, man. Like. I don't know why human beings think of themselves in like, you know, such this big way uh, and like, you know, just thinking of themselves about like, oh, we got this money now, we got this pride now and everything. Y'all ain't not shit, bro. Like, you know, for real, like, at the end of the day, we're just channels, we're just like, you know, submissive servants of Allah, you know, and that's what we should exist as because that's our natural human instinct. So, right? If you, if you, if you don't submit to Allah, you, you end up submitting to what? Your, your friends, right? Your desires, right? Your boss, your boss, your manager, your business, money. Exactly. Like, when you submit to your nafs, and like, it's just not temptations that are like, you know, certain things of nafs, it's the entire nafs as a whole, you know? Because, like, temptations, money, ego, you know, pride, lust, you know, if there, if your nafs is going a wrong way, you know, and like, you just think of yourself like oh, you cannot be challenged or oh no, my ego is too big, you know, I'm not gonna uh, take the other perspective or anything like that. You just gonna be stuck in that state and everything else will also fall in a downward Before you move on, uh when you say nafs, you mean the carnal desires we all has will have as humans, right? Those those desires, yes, but like, you know, uh, the decision making process that happens in our brains, you know, like when those neuron neurons and neurotransmitters fire. You know, like the dopamine, what's sort of exciting our dopamine, what's sort of like, you know, moving our serotonin, everything on that. Because if you think about it and if you like sort of investigate these topics in like, you know, like a scientific way and, uh, you know, a psychological or like, you know, a neuro- neurological way, like it sort of makes sense. Like, okay, if you sort of abuse your dopamine system and lead you to, to this, like, you know, system that is sort of possibly feeding the nuts, it makes sense why you would go into the spiral. But because you get conditioned to other forms of, you know, like, ignorance and other forms of, like, you know, just moving downward as well, you know, and um, obviously you see that So one of the best ways to control your nafs is to fasten, right? It's been said in the Quran, it's been shown in the Surah of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Exactly, right? You're, you're, you're limiting yourself from things that are considered lawful, that are considered halal. You're like, no, I can't eat this. You know why? You know why? Not because my mom is not watching. Not because my boss is not watching. Not because my dad is going to change. Right? Only Allah is watching. Right? And he's always watching. Allah is Al-Basir. You're not doing it for anyone or pressuring you or, you know, you're going to look good in front of somebody and something like that. You know, because I like a lot of people are community brothers that did have conversations with me about this. They don't like, they won't like come to prayer or like they won't like do certain things because they think that, you know, people are doing these things just to look cool, you know? 
people are helping each other or like you know being there for each other just to look cool and when the part times come they're gonna disappear stuff like you know some of the times um that that is um uh, let me finish this up uh that is a, first of all that's a trap of shaitan right that you're thinking like i shouldn't do this just because i might have a bad intention right second thing is he like uh when you do this you only do it for the sake of allah right because at the end of the day like it's what keeps you consistent right and and if you don't get what you want from people you will you're not doing it again right for example a person gives money right and for charity he does it for two reasons has works or to be popular on the news right but why is giving charity in islam called sadaqa what's sadaqa sadaq sadaqa is truth right when a person gives sadaqa he shows why daily he shows that he believe, he is truthful he's very truth truthful with his intention he's hiding right so sadaqa is supposed to be anonymous no i depends right most of the times it's like hiding or most of the times it's like some of the times for example if it's like a fundraiser right it used to happen during the time of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam to doing doing like wars or like battles he used to do do fundraisers in public and the people used to raise their hand to to like encourage people motivate people so right but it is it is like there are times that it is uh, more virtuous to give privately and there are times it's more virtuous to give uh, publicly right when a person so sadaqa when he does it for the, not for the sake of fame not for the sake of tax breaks which is okay i'm not saying it's wrong right not the, not just that intention but he expects a reward from allah that's that's showing the ikhlas in his heart right so going back to the intention part right a person does things for some reason so might as well do it for the sake of allah right for the reward from allah so that when you don't get the reward from the people you don't get the recognition from the people you keep uh, you stay consistent with it that's what we have to wire out is that constant you know stream of validation from people you know because if we're going to be stuck you know with that mechanism that okay uh, i need this person's validation oh like if i give sadaqa and like you know i'm like mentioning my name and it's like this thousand dollars or whatever you know there's going to be you know that i'm going to be wowed in front of people and everything you know and that's what i crave because at the end of the day is just validation and people are going to come pat me on the back like mashallah man you gave so much like you know charity and stuff like that kudos to you and stuff like that you know because that like at your day validation you know you can't completely eradicate it you know that that little bit of like dopamine hit that you get from like okay being congratulated or you know like someone says something nice to you and stuff like that know where you're getting that from and know like you know what you're feeding to your mind you have to be really self you know it all comes down to self awareness man and like if you're getting your dopamine hit if you're getting like people congratulating you just because you know you're trying to do something good and you're expecting like you know validation out of it you have to like you know really you know sit down with yourself and like yourself reflect that okay am i going to be constantly stuck in this stream of validation you know where whenever i do something good i have to get validation from people or can i do some things and not expect validation from people it's just for me and this for allah you know right so no but it's not bad to seek a reward when you buy it yeah right? because as humans you want something back we wouldn't do anything without any reason Right, so it's okay to expect reward from Allah. That's what I'm saying. Just expect it from the Creator, not the creation, though. You know, so like that's what a lot of people like feel to realize. At the end of the day, bro, we're human beings too, and a lot of the times we get wired into the same cycle. You know, like you will do like some hard work for you, like you like to break, 
And like, you know, like, we'll have these things because obviously it's like human communication, you know, it's built into human communication. But uh, be control that are we going to like allow ourselves to feel happy for for this for like a long time? Like, okay, now think about ourselves like, okay, oh yeah, I did this amazing car job, man. I'm, I'm someone now, you know? So like, if you don't let it feed your ego and like, you know, at the end of the day, just be like, okay, I do it for a while. He's going to reward me. That's what it matters. No, like, like even even when you thank people for something, right? If somebody helped you, that doesn't eat away from your plot, right? Because you're supposed to thank people, right? Who didn't thank people has not thanked Allah, right? So you gotta thank people, right? But the the the, the sincerity of intention is very hard to get. Even the Sahaba, the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, also said this. And ikhlas is the last thing we can get, and that's why before we do an amal. During an amal and after an amal, we renew our intentions, right? And we seek istakwa from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, any forgiveness. So we accept that, accept that deed from us. 100%. Yeah. And uh, uh, there's a lot of these things and these concepts that we've, like, you know, understood over time. And I've had almost, like, you know, really good conversations about these things. And obviously, like, every single time I feel like we have these conversations, it renews, like, you know, my sort of self-awareness as well. So I really appreciate that. But uh, going back to the trajectory, right? Uh, so uh, I moved back to the suburbs, right? We have this, like, you know, sort of spiritual um, inclinations where we started going on Jamaat together and everything too, right? And then uh, obviously, like, Jamaat for people who don't know, like, you know, it's like a three-day or like a 10-day sort of. And obviously, you know that much more in depth and you could like rotten about this. Um, but uh, you go out for, like, you know, a certain amount of days and uh, it's kind of not, like, completely comparative to, like, Christian missionary work, you know? But like, you know, like you go out for a certain time and focus on your religion and like, you know, is that a good system where, you know, like they talk about intention, you know, they talk about, uh, they talk about, you know, like, uh, different, like, you know, they have different points and which is a good structure because it helps a person's, you know, sort of spiritual structure as well. But at the, like, uh, on the other hand, it also helps a person's, you know, like, uh, if luck and how they behave with people, how they behave. He makes them a better Muslim. Yes. So, right. So personally, like, I would say Jamaat is very subjective, right? The public word, the other word, translated our word, uh, it's very subjective, right? It's, uh, it's how each person looks at it, right? Personally, I look at it as a, as a way to detox myself and detox myself from what I'm, like, submerged into. And every day I'm submerged into, like, for example, like, something that it doesn't really remind me of Allah all the time, Right? Try to detox from myself from this environment. Try to put myself in the masjid, right? Stay in the masjid where, but most of the time, you try to talk about the greatness of Allah. Because realizing the greatness of Allah, the, the reality of la ilaha in Allah is very important for a Muslim. And when that, when that belief is like firmly planted in our heart, being a better Muslim becomes easy, right? All, all of the, all of the amal becomes easy. Being a, a good human becomes easy, right? Yeah. And I feel that. I wish there was a structure, and obviously they like some of us just have this structure where they have that sort of amal. There's that constant knowledge exchange, even after daily prayers and everything, right? Where they have this sort of exchange of knowledge and like exchange of hadith or exchange of like you know this these kind of conversations happen where you know you could have a sort of awareness in your day where you're doing a thousand different things, you know about like you know these spiritual things and sort of like you know renew your intentions about those things, you know. Obviously, um, you know, doesn't exist in a lot of masjids and everything, but. Uh, yeah. This actually happened uh, in the Arab world, like especially back in the day when they were like Muslim lands, Islamic lands, not Muslim lands. Let's, let's get that straight. Like, you know, after we uh, get out of this topic, you know, we're going to talk about Islamic golden age because, you know, that is a great topic. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, let's see what I know about. But uh, that actually had a how used to happen in the Islamic golden age, right? Especially the masajid, they have like halapas, yani the, the the gatherings of elm, right? It does. It wasn't really a madrasa. Right? It wasn't always a madrasa either. So whenever a person wanted to know, there were like gatherings of scholars around the masjid, right? And a person, a normal person, would walk in and he would seek what he wants, right? Because some amount of elm. Of knowledge is far on every Muslim, right? To how to please Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Because Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has rules. Everything has rules. Everyone has rules how they want to be pleased, right? So Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, being the highest, highest uh, being that deserves to be deserves to be worshipped, has rules. So every person wanted to know how he can please his creator. So he walk in, sit in any masjid he likes, learn from them. Yeah, that exactly. Said right. And this sort of structure that started out, right? And uh, where they would have context sheet of ilm, and you know, going back to your point where you said, you know, like uh, they would find out like what is the best way to worship the Creator, you know, without worship the highest being and everything. This simple concept, this simple like, question, how do you worship the 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 Creator in the best way and stuff like that? These conversations about this simple question led to the creation of science, you know, because it was a constant exchange of knowledge about how spiritual things work, about how like different things work, and that explains science. That explains how the what how the creator created these things, how the creator created these mechanisms of you know biology, of chemistry, of physics in our daily life, and they would explain because at the end of the day, where would they find the answer to the question of oh how what is the best way to find the uh, the uh, worship the creator in the Quran, you know? And then and the Sunnah. Exactly, and the Sunnah and then so uh, where would they find the answers to like explain the physics, the biology, the chemistry of life in the Quran and the Sunnah, you know? So like it was a constant exchange of like okay when when they're within the Islamic golden age everything before before jumping into the Islamic golden age I want to talk something uh, some more about like like uh, the gatherings of uh, like uh, knowledge right right Alhamdulillah nowadays I see so many masajids right even I first our local masjid they are having like some time of talk after each prayer right. Or after Fajr prayer, like the Rasulullah has a King Fajr every, every Saturday, which I really love, like which is something new. Which, this wasn't a thing five years ago, let's be honest, right? Which I really appreciate. And thank, I thank Allah and I, I ask Allah to give us something to go to those, right? Like the, the, the tafsir that happened, Mufiya Zayn tafsir, right? Those are crazy, those are really good. I, I recommend, I recommend everyone to listen to those online, on YouTube especially. Like, and he now he started doing a Q&A question, which is like anonymous. So he, people ask him every question and he answers them because he's very open. He's not man shy. Like that. I give him ideas. So he's shaking times been doing it. Yeah, yeah. Now he does that on the website and everything. Uh, I think like, even like before five years were like, I think the my first, um, Encounter with Dar Salaam was like, you know, in tea butter, you know, because I remember. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, um, I don't know if my dad would like or deliver food there or something like that, but like, we would go after, like, we would know that they're going to have breakfast. And, and you would play cricket, right? Yes. And then we play yeah, games, yeah, 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 yeah. And Athar would go and everything. And, you know, it was like awesome where we could have, like, you know, because we would play mafia with the other kids, you know, in the, in the, the studio and in the basement and everything, you know, we would like eat food together. It was like a really good exchange where we would. See peers of like you know each other's uh, like like who's taught like each other and everything. So it was interesting. Um, but yeah, going back to your point about like you know those conversations that we have, those are the really core of you know like uh, expanding self awareness. You know because how you could be thinking about something else is not maybe how someone else is thinking about something else. So that when you have that exchange, it broadens you know the spectrum of your thinking. 
And, uh, you know, like coming back to the Islamic goals and everything, like, you know, I think that truly, like, in today's age, like, and especially today's community. Before we dive into it, I would uh, now mind um, answering any, like, questions you might have, like, comparison to Islam or Christianity or any other religion or, like, everyone's favorite topic, problem of evil. So you could put that in some way if you don't, like, if you want. If you can move on. Sorry. Oh, remember, but. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll ask a question because like, like sometimes I don't know, like, you know, sort of specificities about like, you know, sort of certain things that I, I know like often ask. Before, before we get into that, just know that I'm not a scholar. I'm not, I'm very jahil. <laughs> I learned, uh, but alhamdulillah, I have, uh, I've had a chance to be around scholars for a little bit. So whatever I have learned, I could right. tell you guys. I should have mentioned this interesting, like, was there like a, you know, that a full-time student at Masjid Dar Salaam where he's pursuing the one-year program. I'm trying. <laughs> it's a really good effort, man. Inshallah, like, I want to do something like that too because I truly think because of what the point I was going to make is like, in today's age, I truly think that within our community, like the Dar Salaam Masjid, the seminary is a model of the Islamic golden age, you know, because the things that I've felt there, the conversations that I've had there and the speeches that I've had there, like, I mean, I like, uh, listen to there, I've, I feel like, you know, those conversations could be models, like, you know, how they would exist back in the Islamic golden age and everything, because you don't see anybody, like, you know, having that kind of effort towards the community. You don't see anybody, like, why would they go out the way to constantly have these, we, like, tomorrow we're going to this program called Digital Detox, right? We're going to be listening. Inshallah. like, has a continuous program. I really encourage you to say Inshallah. Yeah, Inshallah. But, yeah, no, I'm I feel that, but, um, what was I saying? So, like, that was another point that I was going to make. Uh, but, yeah, like, to your point that, you know, obviously you're not a scholar or anything like that. But, like, you know, even if we don't exist as scholar in Bay Pro, I think still, whatever we know about Islam, it's important to, like, you know, come out on the internet or come out wherever with, like, within our communities and have conversations about these, you know, like, help run other people's self-awareness, you know, like, they might not know where you're coming from or anything like that. Like, even the elders and stuff like that, you know, like, obviously they have a lot of wisdom, but they don't know, like, your backstory and how you uh, you know, have an explanation for this, like, you know, sort of spiritual thing. It's always important to have this conversation to apply our knowledge and help expand other people's knowledge, you know, constantly applying that. And obviously, you know, mentioning that point that, you know, at the end of the day, whatever good comes out of us, you know, it's, it's from Allah. And then whatever bad comes out of us is from, like, you know, it's, all, it's, it's also from Allah, right? It's a test for other people. No, right? 100%, 100%, 100%. So, but, um, but I would really like to add that uh, if there's anything I don't know, Please don't mind if I say I don't know. Because that's really important, right? As a human being, I want to be like, I know everything. No, that's right? the Before starting that intellectual like conversation, you have to first humble yourself and be like, you know, like, I might not know the other perfect thing about this. You know, like, I submit to Allah and like, you know, I... So, so I ask you that whatever is right comes out of our... No, we're saying that whatever bad comes out of it is from us. You know, like, you give that bad sort of like, I mean, whatever is the respect. You that's never a lot. That's a right? respect, you know? yeah, that's But at the end, end of the day, day the, 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 the core tenet is like everything is from Allah, but the respect to Allah is that we try to put it on ourselves. Right. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. And how, why we try to put it on ourselves and like put the good on Allah as well? Because like say the good is like, you know, we're comparing that to like, you know, sort of like an intellectual um, uh, sort of concept, right? That good things that people could benefit from, that people could learn from is sort of um, basically stimulating their intellectual minds or anything like that, you know? And the bad opposite, they're going to like, you know, like if we're having like some irrelevant conversation, right? People are not going to gain any intellectual benefit from it. People are only like 
mostly gain intellectual benefit from like things that you know might be good like you know might be like you know good in terms of like you know like what Allah wants us to like you know say I'm trying handling but I know it's like if, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying okay yeah uh, I think the point is that it comes out in submissiveness you know like you have to be financial submissive submissive, and then you know we give arms and everything for that you know you have to be uh, physically submissive pray and everything and all that but then another important point is you have to be intellectually submissive you know yeah. that's that whole thing that you know you humble yourself I don't know anything man like it's all from Allah you know like but yeah why don't we move on yeah so Basically, you know, going back to the trajectory, like when I'm in the, back, the suburbs and everything, I remember like, you know, uh, uh, we had our whole group and like, you know, this was like now sort of expanded just because we would like sort of link up at uh, Domino's, you know, where our friend Abdul would work and oh, everything. Yeah. And so um, the sort of interactions that we were having with just our small group now, were now with like, you know, a bigger group and everything. And there were these new dynamics and everything, you know. Uh, with different people and we would sort of converse about this and then uh, there were like some common ground that we find that okay these like Lombard people or these like Lombard people like grew up with like in a certain um, I would I would uh, like to add that like before the, the group enlarged I wasn't there you know what I mean like I, I got busy with like my business and everything with my work and everything so I wasn't like really there so I wouldn't know a lot of things to talk about yeah, I, I'm not talking about like, well, like when that has started with like your car workers. Yeah, basically, like no, you know I mean? like, like before, before that, like you know, like when you were like all oh, you reach out there and everyone. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> 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 I want to explain. I mean, that was that was like a part of our life. Be attractive with like yeah, yeah. everybody and everything. No, it's fictional. It was like part of human, you know, hundred percent. So. uh... <laughs> Because you know, like I know it all. No, I see this. I like then send out specific parts of the podcast. Like that's that's what that's what you you do. You do charts and TikTok is all about. But um, so I mean, that was that time and everything, and uh, we had our like I think it was around that time. Though, like you know, like we were going to Devon, but then we obviously had that accident and everything, right? And then other things too. And then uh, I think that was like sort of a shift, uh, you know, like, I mean, I don't know, it was like sort of like spiraling towards a shift and like, you know, you have like, you know, a really like drastic spiritual transformation and everything. I think like that accident was like a, like a blessing on me, right? Because whatever happens to you in the world, right? Any problem that you face is either a blessing or a, or a punishment, right? How do you determine that? If you get to go closer to Allah after that problem, that's a blessing, right? And you, if you get further from Allah, that's a punishment, right? So, and not, and not every problem is good or bad, right? It depends where you go. So, moving on, so, like, that that actually made me realize, you made, like, this, this human body, like, what I am living today, like, it's not supposed to be here forever. Whatever I'm doing right now, like, just feeding my desires, doing whatever I want, not being submissive to my parents, or, or my creator, right? That that actually like hit me hard, uh, uh, and it was like a days of pondering and then conversations with you or like our friend, uh, my friend Hamza, and that actually helped me grow, right? It's not a lone journey. It's not one man army, right? It's it's everyone that helped me grow, and then like I said, mentioned before, that one statement sentence of Abdul Hasid that actually like 
still motivates me every day. It's it's very serious. You want to know, man? You want to like, yeah, yeah. ஒரு <laughs> <laughs> people were surprised you know like yeah like obviously you know you I was surprised man you know <laughs> yeah, 100% uh like we obviously you saw it a lot too at that time you know like and at the start you know at the start of and everything you know slowly like you know we did distance a little bit we just got busy with like, different things and everything um but i do remember like there were a lot of conversations and stuff you know and then um there were certain hiccups that we would get into too you know like you like you know going to certain extremes and what not and uh you know we would have conversations about this we would like have like you know maybe like two days of contention then maybe talk about it or something like that but that was good you know so like uh at the end of day you know like uh it was funny how all the all the conversations were like i wasn't in it and then you were like telling me you're right like oh something's happening man and then i was like bro i don't get it <laughs> right so alhamdulillah uh, i was like really not on the front of the the i don't i don't want to say bashing But like the thing you talk about like right like the conversation which I actually is like I would explain to you I'll be like okay I know like you know what journey you are are on and there and I really really appreciate that you respected that no 100% but you day like it's your life you decide what you are do then other people who are saying we're talking shit about it they like that doesn't mean shit you know they're living their own lives you know they're going to die like 60 70 years what is their opinion Better, you, you don't know? even know man yeah. 60 70 years is a big number yeah, now right we already 20 22 man like like these kids in my class when I'm like they're 14 and they're like oh yeah i was born in 2007 i'm like what 2007 yeah bro i feel old yeah <laughs> no that's true for sure but uh oh that's the point right like obviously when a schedule confirmation happens in someone's life and they were living a completely different life before right like uh Uh, it can be hard for their friends to adapt, right? Like, you know, from before, like, some people just don't understand, right? Like, well, how did they go this path? And, like, why are they doing this with their lives? And, like, they sort of question it, uh, you know, have conversations about this. But that's what I respect that you were, you, whatever, like, even before that, whatever journey you were on, like, like constant and continuous determination about it. You know, we were like, if I'm headstrong, man, if I want to do it, then I want to do it. I don't, I don't care about, like, you know, what they're saying. It goes back to what you said at the first, right? Like, it's a determination and it's like the trust and reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that really helped me through the channel of, especially, like, Hamza too. Right. Which I really appreciate. I was about to, like, you know, even mess with him just because he was, like, that mediator between him and, but it was because there were some conflicts that would happen even between us because I would think that you were, you know, you're just ex- acting in certain extreme ways and stuff like that. and he had he was in like a similar journey like you you know he had like similar determination and everything towards his spirituality and everything but like uh, like for me he had like a more chill place you know like he was soft spoken and like you know i say that and that no no no, no. like the thing the thing is like his his uh, nature is different his nature is different my my nature is more like a little aggressive a little outspoken a little of uh, i would say for if i like that's it that's what i believe in that's what i'm going to do which is uh can be can be disruptive in some situations which i agree 
right? But, but alhamdulillah, it has worked for me for till now. Yeah, alhamdulillah. <laughs> I remember like when you would like solve hormones or anything, then then you know like I like like I would like you know um, sort of comforted by like oh damn like he's at this now right now because I can tell you know when you're like being like oh no like jump all the cards and switch. Oh yeah, that was funny. I was serious, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like those kind of like the the like our characters in the TV show that are like the the aggressive one, the 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 bigger ones, you know? Yeah, yeah well, and then I've always loved like especially when I watch cartoons, I always love those kind of characters too, right? Like because that actually fits my personality too. For example, like Keith Helens, I don't know if you know about it. I I I love the the character Cyborg. Because he was aggressive, right? He was, he was, right? Yeah, like our people that know CID. I love that. <laughs> right? So there was, that's how my nature, that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made me. Is that, is that, is there room for improvement? Yeah, 100%. No, but I, you improved a lot and you like, you know, like been self-aware and self-reflected on your wrongdoings or like, you know, like maybe you did certain people wrong by like saying things a certain way and whatnot. You've corrected those over time, you know, and that's where the system of rectification comes into place. And that's important that you constantly keep yourself self accountable, you know. And then I remember where we would have, we had this whole thing about like, Google about everything. And, uh, you know, you would apologize to people, you know, like uh, for, for saying anything wrong and whatnot. And that's something that I still carry to this day because it's so important, you know, like that's the main core of like everything. Like we cannot ever forgive it any day if you like, you know, you may read if you prayed and worshiped all your life, but if you like did someone dirty and they don't forgive you, like that's it, man. So, yeah, before I say anything, uh, I would like to say La Tawfiku illallah, right? There's no guidance except from Allah, right? So, I'm alhamdulillah, I'm very uh, thankful to Allah for this guidance, right? And then it's like a slow, like, even the transformation of mine, like you say, it's not like a quick transformation, right? Like, it happened over, it's still happening. I would say it's still happening. But the, the, the major drastic change happened within a year or two, right? So, but alhamdulillah, it wasn't constant. I wouldn't say it was a straight slope. It was up and down. There was a lot of ups and downs. And if there, if there are like people that are in this in this space of their life where they realize, keeper, like our akhirah is important. Like the the death is coming, right? We cannot live like this, and we have to realize what we are made for, right? So I would really encourage them to stay strong, right? Stay strong. Get help. Get help from people because at the end of the day. Not everyone is like strong enough to do it themselves. I don't think anybody's strong enough to do this by themselves, except the prophets. Yeah, right. But I think, like, uh, personally, like you know, I've been in situations and I've been like you know those kind of like um, dire circumstances where I've not had those people. And obviously, like you know, struggling with social anxiety. You know, like uh, at the very start of that school time, and you know, like um, even like when I was living alone and everything, I did not have a lot of people and stuff. And I could only depend on Allah, you know, because at the end of the day, it's just that unconditional submissiveness. That's, it's just that, you know, the support that you find, you find in the sujood, you know, like when you're there and, you know, you just have that kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't even have words to describe it, bro. It's that sukun that comes over you because yeah. you have that direct connection. You know, there's so many things that you cannot describe. <laughs> like, that's like, like everything in the world. Can you explain me how the orange tastes like? Right? Are you getting like you're trying to try you like barely scraping the surface, right? 
So that's how the thing is. Yes. Our consciousness is so limited, you know. And if, like right now, we're in this room in Bilal Park in the United States of America, you know. And then if you just keep on thinking, we're like, oh, like we're just a small, like we're not in the dot on the universe, you know. Like we're just so limited, you know. And we're not even aware of like what's going on in the next house or the next neighborhood or the next community, the next town, whatever, you know. Like the world is so huge, you know. And then there is one creator overseeing all of them, man. All these human beings, all these suicidal structures, all of these, every single thing, man. And there's, there's systems, there are mechanisms for every single thing from the biology of things, from the psychology of things, from the social. Like, it's just a, like, it's what was your mind, man? Like, it's just, like, me. Like our conscience cannot really comprehend the being of Allah SWT. That's why he deserves worship without any question. Exactly. Right? It should be unconditional, you know, in every way. Yeah. And then it should be within the, the mass he has said. Right? We cannot be like, oh, I do this, but my knee is that. No, no, no. He, Allah SWT has set some rules. You don't know the rules? Find them out. Right? Knowledge is very acceptable. But I really encourage you, me, everyone watching, listening, not to go on Google, man. Mufti share Google. <laughs> you know? Like, for example, for example, if you're like sick, if you're cancer, for example, if you're like bleeding out of your butt. And then, for example. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, But like, if you look at Google, you find random stuff. Yeah, right. yeah. And you it's don't want to do self surgery. You surgery on yourself. yourself. Right? That's me, and you, you go to. <laughs> That's something else. So, and then you to actually go. See, on a serious case, you go to a doctor. Right? You go to a son, someone that is learned in that case, that has been in that environment, that has learned from other people, right? Likewise, likewise for our lean, for our knowledge of our lean, which is more important than our health, we go to the scholars. And we go to someone that we trust. We don't go to someone that's like, you know that he's like, a, there's one thing that there's a, not, there's a, it's hard to say it in English, like there's alim and there's information. You know what I mean? Right? A person can have alim and no, no amal. Right. For example, most of the most of the people in the college and universities that teach Islamic studies are not Muslim. They're not practicing, but they know more than I do. Exactly. It's not so you go to someone that is yeah, because it's applying every exactly. day in their lives. Not not always every day. Nobody's perfect. Right, right, right. But like what you might consider him to be practicing. Yeah. And is something that stimulates you intellectually and. And stay there in your life versus information is like at the end of the day you can learn it but it could be irrelevant in the next five seconds you know we don't remember what happens in the mitochondria and everything <laughs> our information our, our, I wouldn't go that deep um, you probably like to be a pre-med <laughs> but I would say you don't you, you don't remember the last TikTok video you watched yeah and that's just a bunch of bunch of our YouTube short. Yeah. It's, it's, it's everywhere. <laughs> so, like, there's this dry information that's, like, chilling. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's but, like, um, obviously, you know, if you talk about the spiritual transformation and everything, and, you know, uh, like, here we are, right? Like, after that, you know, like, we've all, like, still been the good friends and good brothers to each other and everything. And, you know, we've attended spiritual programs and everything together. And 
Um, you know, we've had those like really like uh, crazy spiritual connections that obviously those things are indescribable, you know, for the time, like the first time, like when we prayed the, uh, you know that was like wow. the most beautiful moment because could, we could literally feel our hearts getting washed that time right. actually what they said that was, we could feel that um you know but obviously you know i want to uh, give you a chance to like you know describe your um interactions or your journey if you feel that is relevant like you know back in hyderabad and stuff you know and then what do you so what would what would it be if you were to go back now you know how would your life change? like yeah, at the, the same, same age same right like, now. Like, yeah, I did 21 years old. Okay, okay. So I would say, like, it wasn't really, like, all action and adventure back in Hyderabad. But because I feel like most of the life, most of my conscious and independent life has been in America. Right? So, alhamdulillah, uh, I haven't, like, got too soaked into the culture of India. Right? Yeah, there are bits and pieces, but, like, I'm not really that deep into the culture so like most of the so like practically i consider myself american right here and there in terms of culture but yeah there are bits of pieces of uh, uh indian culture which is good right every culture has good and bad so alhamdulillah i i try to keep the goods with me right uh and uh my days uh <laughs> before i came here i was i was a fat kid i was always bullied <laughs> I was always bullied in uh, high school, middle school, uh, trying to fit that out. Thing, like, since you were like always bullied and everything, and you had these negative experiences, that's why you know you looked up to these cartoon characters who, like, you know, were big and you know were like you know sort of dominant over other characters because you have that thing in your heart that I'm I'm the receiving and now, but I want to be on that you know giving end and everything. Yeah, that, that could that could be that, that could be something that could be put into consideration too, right? But, but alhamdulillah, that actually happened too. <laughs> right like alhamdulillah i started working <laughs> that actually happened i started working out i'm like wow i'm made for this <laughs> right and then uh no i actually want to keep uh learning how to fight too um i think i'm gonna start doing it. i i'm gonna join uh uh what's it called martial arts or something or yeah what's it called jujutsu jujutsu after after my mother's uh after graduation uh inshallah but yeah, maybe as like getting bullied, so trying to find like a place, a sense of belonging, right? Yeah, they were good people <laughs> in the in the process. They were like good friends here and there. But as a as a life, I was like one of those kids that are always like fat, ugly, and bullied. I I don't know about ugly, but like fat <laughs> and bullied, you know. But uh, coming here, I'm like, yeah, this is my chance, right? They have to make a new uh, identity for myself. And I tried, but you best. <laughs> I, I was like, man, this is the same thing again. <laughs> and I, and you, and you, and you left. I was like, Allah. <laughs> and then I was, I think I was like, I hope he never comes back. <laughs> but yeah, uh, and then, but after doing like senior year, uh, Alhamdulillah, with sports and like going to the gym, like I said, uh, it built up confidence. And I became more extroverted, right? Uh, it's easy for me to like talk to people now, right? It's easy for me to make friends. Easy, easy for me, like not really like being dominant, but at least being feeling, uh, like uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> feeling a uh, sense of uh, belonging. Hi, right, right. 
But at the end of the day, like, uh, do you think diamonds and sense of belonging are completely correlative or like, uh, like how do you define, like, you know, being diamond? Like, is it like, you know, having complete other control or I, I would say, be, uh, like my definition of being dominant is being like respected, right? Being look up, looked up to, not being like thrown on the side, right? Not really, uh, like a Hitler figure, but like being someone that's like, oh, Oh, wow. Daya is here. I'm like, who's here? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? No, I definitely feel that. I, at the end of the day, you don't want to have the other complete control, but then you want to have, like, you know, some form of, you want to command respect, you know, like, that's where, where you stand. Not like, even command respect, you just, like, you're a kind of person that just people respect. And right? not, not through, like, your muscles, not, not through your physical appearance, it's through your heart. Through your character, character. right? It's through it's through your the like what I heard from my dad, especially saying that when you uh before my dad, the 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 enemies of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, they had a special awe for him. He understand the word awe, right? They had a kafi like a different kind of like being scared. Even like if they went to war against Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, before he before they faced him one month ago, they used to be scared. Oh man, we gonna fight him. Yeah, Allah subhanahu wa taala gave him an awe. Yeah, it was a, a special, special position. You know? Exactly, it's not describable in words. Allah subhanahu wa taala, you know, understand. Allah subhanahu wa taala gave him a specific awe, right? And this special awe. So I uh, and then the my dad says, which is hundred percent true. If whoever follows his sunnah, right, whoever takes his teaching seriously, whoever tries to look like him, for example, a beard, like trying to wear you know, modest clothes or like a topi, like that's our understanding of sunnah, like looking wise, right? Allah gives that person all too, right? And then, which I have actually, like, not to like show off, but like to encourage people, I've actually felt that. Around 100%. I definitely understand that thing. Uh, for me, for like a lot of other people too, uh, we might not, like a lot of people might not have like, you know, that sort of physical nature of things where, you know, they're sort of displaying that, um, you know, similarity to Prophet like, you know, like physically, like, you know, wearing certain clothes and whatnot. But I think even more important than the physical aspect is the mental aspect, you know, like, do you think like that? Do you have, have that self-sacrificial nature that, you know, is all from lives are like, because he had that sort of thing where he, didn't think any of it, anything of himself. Like he gave everything to his community. You know, he like sacrificed everything for his community. They hit him with stones and everything and whatnot, and they crushed him out. But like he still loved his community and served his community. That was a five. Yes, yes, five. That was a different community. But yeah, yeah, he did do that. Yeah, exactly. But he still made. He still made. He still made dua for them. Yeah, ever since. And at the end day, what happened? You know, they all turned Muslims and everything. And that's what what it is. Like if you try hard, if you like, you know serve your community and if you give effort towards that and everything i think if you have the sort of committed mindset you know i think that's what like you know one of the biggest important things you know that everyone must must have that is to be a part of something bigger than yourself so um that is an important point but uh that is our podcast at uh, an hour and 30 minutes man but it's been an amazing conversation with you man like we could have a conversation like you know all night every hour podcast man but obviously is uh you know obviously and all all this in a beautiful exchange, Marshall. You know, and uh, I wish you best of luck in all your you know uh, future endeavors and everything. And then you know this Dar Salaam um journey, I know it's been amazing for you and like you know uh 
like even just like going there like for like simple programs you know on like a personal note it's like you know really beneficial for me as well so you know i also love that he accepts every amal we do all right and give us a class for everything right and that's so we could be one of the successful ones so i that is it for this podcast episode guys the fourth episode is done here This is actually you know big leader in our community mashallah and well, you know man that you get easier mobile mechanic man the same mobile for like car you got you with everything man you know with the best price and everything you know feel like this sound on for me you know this is an amazing conversation man and i hope you guys uh, you know enjoyed watching this conversation listening to this conversation and i'll see you guys in the next episode thank you